Milkers, we're talking about Ahsoka episodes six and seven, Far, Far Away and Dreams and Madness. You're listening to this at some point in the future, hopefully not too long after we've recorded this. Not too far, far away. You're not listening to this in another in the faraway galaxy. You had to travel there on, on inside a whale to listen to this. We might be talking about dreams and madness, but yeah, hopefully it's. Only been a few a few weeks, maybe. Days, maybe. The last time we talked about Ahsoka, we were talking about the giant Anakin episode, number five, Shadow Warrior. And last week when we're recording this, yeah, we had part six, Far, Far Away. And this episode, this episode is so much fun because it's like it starts... The th- what it feels like and is the third act of the story because we're kind of like our characters are moving into this new galaxy, this new uncharted realm. And kind of so is the story in far, far away. We're suddenly in far, far away with like, Oh, so this is what we're doing now. Well, yeah. Cause it's like right, right off the start. It's like, we see the whales in hyperspace and going to the unknown regions isn't normal hyperspace. It's like rainbow hyperspace. It's like if the whales were in Xanadu or like the wormhole from Star Trek The Motion Picture. Well, and that's the thing, too. I don't even, this isn't even the unknown regions. This is like farther. Like the unknown regions is still part of like the, the old galaxy. Yeah, you're right. I guess, yeah, I forget about that. This is like even farther. So, yeah, we've like never seen hyperspace like this and it's cool because i think at first i thought it was like that's just how it looks when the whales do it but i think isn't there a shot of like the last episode of the of the hyperspace ring ship in the like rainbow stuff i want to say that we saw that maybe last week or the week before so like it was it wasn't just the whales but this week we got to see the whales in it too or, or I just like my eye, it's burned into my eyes now. And whenever I, I see things, I see rainbows now, which that could very well be the case. <laughs> it's, that's what happened after you watch Far, Far Away and Dreams and Madness. You are forever locked in a state of dreams and madness. Because some people after Dreams and Madness were like, what does that title exactly mean? That is where you are, where the all the viewers are after watching 6 and 7. You're in a state of dreams and madness. That's why you don't know what it means. Because you're you've gone mad at this point. Well, before we start getting into Far Far Away and Dreams of Madness, because there's a lot to go over, let's just 
at this point, like we are recording this on the Wednesday after part seven came out. Maybe when you're listening to this, you might have already seen the finale. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We don't know. But where are you with the show right now? Because I think this will be neat for people when they listen to all these episodes to kind of track our feelings with the show, because we're recording these as we watch them, track how we're going along live. So where, Gabe, where are you with Ahsoka right now? I like the show. I think it's because it's the show's the like eight episode shows that's really all kind of one story it's hard to like know what it is until it's done because it's like it's not like even uh i think andor and mando kind of were more like even though there was an overarching story like each episode kind of had a thing i guess andor every three you kind of felt like there was like okay that's kind of the end of this part and now we're moving on to the next part so i think at this point like i just want to know what happens so I can like absorb it all and then watch it all as kind of one thing. Cause definitely six and seven kind of felt like two parts of the same episode. And now with one episode left, it's kind of like, I don't really know what's going to happen, which I guess has kind of been the thing with the star Wars shows. Like I feel like some of the Mando seasons were like that. Like you would get to the second to last episode and it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then usually the last episode comes out and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is what happens. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a weird feeling because it's like I'm super excited for the show, but I, like, I just want to see the rest of it at this point. Well, I think it's maybe even more that feeling of what the heck is going to happen with this show because it's so mysterious. We're in like this new galaxy and – our characters at the end of Dreams and Madness are really in a tough spot where it's like Ezra's like, I think I'm really going to go home now. And it's like, dude, I don't know how that's going to happen. Right. And going in, we were like, oh, okay, you know, the, the crew's all going to get back together and they're going to all be together and they're going to fight Thrawn or something. And it's like, wait, where does the second to the last episode? We haven't even seen Zeb yet. Hera's in the old galaxy. Everyone else is in the new galaxy. And Thrawn is about ready to just leave and just leave everybody there. Balin's like, I'm out of here. You do whatever you want. I'm I'm looking for something, something for my true purpose, just wandering around. So it's like, what's going to happen? We just got introduced yeah, to Thrawn and his army of whatever the heck they are, troopers. And there's like a lot has come at us in these two episodes it's a lot to process and it's a lot. It, there's no way this can be the only season, right? I don't, you've got to do a season two there or you can't, the, 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 this can't wait just for the eventual Dave Filoni super crossover movie. Yeah, I hope not. And then like if Skeleton Crew is coming out, like that makes, if Skeleton Crew takes place around the same time as like, is Thrawn and Skeleton Crew and like Thrawn gets out and then that would be weird. So yeah, it seems like maybe Thrawn and everybody, they don't get out of this new galaxy. They're just all going to be trapped until whatever happens next, or is just Thrawn going to get out or yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, I'm super excited and super just like stressed. I think at this point, I just want to know, I just need to know. The thing I'm loving about this show is 
you know, like we say over and over and over again with all these shows, it's it's completely different than what we've gotten in other Star Wars TV shows. The only closest thing you can compare it to is like maybe Mandalorian, but not really. It's got a little bit, you know, that same Dave Filoni kind of spirit. But this show, more than anything else, it's like it's Dave Filoni's senior thesis project or something where it's Clone Wars, it's Rebels, it's got weird Force stuff. It's making us think of the Force in new ways. It's prequel stuff. It's little callbacks to the original trilogy. It's like everything that Dave Filoni has been building up to almost in this show. And the fact that he's written every single episode, you can tell. I don't know. It's just, it feels like it's Dave Filoni's thesis. Like this is his super Star Wars show. And it's kind of really cool to see week after week. Like characters like Balin and Shin. We still were, we got one episode left and we still don't know what their deal is, how they relate to the Force or Ahsoka's journey or what this show is saying, like we said in every episode with Sabine and how everyone has the Force in them. I don't know. I'm just really enjoying what this show is doing, what it's saying, where it's going, what it is. I just I like Dave Filoni's interpretation of Star Wars. It's the animated style come to life. And I almost hate saying that because you know there's like very little difference these days in the animation and the live action stuff. Some people still look at animation as like second class Star Wars, which is a huge mistake. You know, people that don't watch the Bad Batch or something for whatever reason, like you're missing some of the best Star Wars stories that have been told. And maybe that's the thing that Ahsoka is kind of underlining that and circling it well i just like the thing too where it's like the prequels are kind of weird and then when you took the the weirdest of the prequels and you made it an animated show with clone wars somehow that like made it seem less weird to people and then that kind of went from clone wars into rebels and then now bringing the clone wars rebels like back to live action kind of brought back how everything is just like extra weird and it's like even extra extra weird because it's kind of like been filtered through 10 years of animation and now spit back out in live action but yeah it definitely has the uh the george lucas prequels touch to it and everything is kind of like just super kind of over the top like just even like the colors and everything like everything is very very just intense visually and it's like it's not trying to look like it's shot on film or anything like it's just it's a thing it's like a, it's got people in it. It's got stuff in it, but it's like I don't know. It's just like eye eye colors and candy. It's just I don't know. It's intense. We were saying it in our Jizz or Jats episode too. Where it's like something felt like it was the videos on YouTube that were like every Star Wars movie being played all at once, and kind of Ahsoka kind of has that feeling where it's like it's all Star Wars happening at once. But with also new stuff in there, it, and that's kind of what where where I think I was what I was trying to say that it's like I really love that as much as it's showing us kind of old stuff and it's kind of like oh that's neat it's, you know, but also it's making us think of all new things as much as it gives us something familiar it gives us something new. Well, the other thing I'm thinking too that it's like these eight episode seasons are just like in a way it's like it's brutal because it's like part of me wants the show to like slow way down. Cause I want it to be, 
I want it to go forever. I want more of this stuff. But then there's like, yeah, the other part of you that's like, I want to know what happens. So hurry up and tell me what happens, but slow down. Cause I want like more of this. Like I want to just hang out with turtle people for, for two weeks, three weeks. And we're just, you know, we're flying through everything. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's a good sign. It's new Star Wars stuff. It's like, you want more of it. And yeah, I'm excited to to watch it from start to finish as one big long thing in, in six more days. <laughs> I did that last weekend. I watched episodes one through six over the course of a weekend. I did like three and three. I really recommend it to everyone once this show is done because it, it really flows really, really well. It's like when that like play the next episode in 15 seconds countdown comes down, comes on on Disney plus you're like, why we got to keep going. The show flows really well. It's a good, really good show. That's the bottom line. Ahsoka is great. I'm kind of sad that it's almost over, but Hey, we're talking about six and seven and we, like we said, we got introduced to a lot of new stuff in Six, far, far away. Let's talk about some of the things that we were introduced to in six. Let's start with the big one. Let's start with the start with the big blue, big blue Thrawn coming out. Grand Admiral Thrawn, Granddaddy Thrawn coming out. So big, so blue. The reddest red eyes in the world. That's I love the colors in the show because they were just like it reminds me like like of when Speed Racer came out and it was like they were like pushing the colors so intense that like. Only if you, you had to see the movie digital to actually like see the colors because they were like too or too many colors for for film projectors to show, and like Thrawn's eyes are so red and he's blue, and he has a raggedy old uniform because he's just been wearing the same clothes over and over again for for ten years in his spaceship. Just imagine how bad he smelled. Like, just horrible. Like B O. <laughs> I don't have any deodorant. And like the thing that I'm loving about Thrawn is like I know it's Thrawn in the expanded universe and all that stuff, but he he kind of looks ridiculous in the best possible Star Wars way. And he looks ridiculous. He's saying every word out of his mouth most of the time is ridiculous nonsense, but Lars Mickelson delivers it so seriously and so evilly, and it's so insane star wars if you just kind of step back and look at it because it's all just like he's got this blue guy with vampire with like count dracula hair and he's like we will we will will wait until i don't care i'll leave and take my the catacombs i must call upon the night sisters you know it's just it's nonsense but it's like this is so great grandmothers or whatever great 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 mothers (laughs) I must I must consult upon your dark magic once again. And it's like, all right, okay. Yeah, and and they're just playing ridiculous Star Wars organ music, and the stormtroopers <laughs> who are covered in ribbons in gold are chanting, "Thron, Thron, Thron." There's so much just Star Wars nonsense going on. I think if I, if I had to just pick so far of the seven episodes, if I had to just pick one. As much as five was pretty amazing, I think six is my my favorite one right now, if I had to pick one. Because, yeah, it just introduces so much new, just wild stuff. Because, yeah, the, we get Night Sisters full-on red outfit, wearing face makeup, 
evil old night sister witches with the with the echo reverb voices and like little magic balls that shoot red laser beams and like their clothes they're like the most like the same color as thrawn's eyes <laughs> they got their phantasm balls that they're always playing with and they're like this one reeks of jedi i was like <laughs> like when that episode started <laughs> like for they fly through the bones and then it's like they get on the planet and they see those three night sisters sitting there. I was just like, Oh boy, here we go. And yeah, their voice, they're like live action mother Towson. And I was like, man, this show is playing for keeps. And the, the night sisters are so outrageous. I love it. I love them. Live action Night Sisters, but it's the big question. Like, we've all seen Clone Wars, we've all seen Rebels. You know, people have played the video games and stuff. There's something about the Night Sisters working for Thrawn that seems really strange, or is it Thrawn is working for the Night Sisters? Like, Morgan was like dealing with Thrawn like back in the days of the Empire. How far back does this Night Sister Thrawn relationship goes? Because that's the thing. Like Thrawn, he's like, oh, I must study the art and I must know everything about Ahsoka Tano. But he can never count on the Force. Like, what screwed up Thrawn? It was like the Bendu things he can't plan on, which is like the Force. So, but he's all about Night Sisters. Well, maybe that was his thing. He was like, I need, I don't have the force. I need that power. I need access to it. I'm going to make a deal with the Night Sisters. But is that deal with the Night Sisters going to work out for him or is it going to work out for the Night Sisters? Because at this point, those Night Sisters want to get off the planet as much or more than he does, which we can't forget that Morgan says that the, the, in the olden days, the Night Sisters would ride the whales and that's how they got out of the, that galaxy. <laughs> So just Night Sisters riding space whales. Every time she said that, I try to the mental image. And it's like, you know, Paul Atreides riding a sandworm or something. But even crazier, are they just riding them through like, the atmosphere of the planet they're on or something? Or the Night Sisters have like space helmets or something? I, they they got evil magic. They probably don't need helmets. Yeah, they're just like full on just standing on top with their little phantasm ball flying through <laughs> rainbow space. I hope one of the Night Sisters sees Ezra Bridger in the next episode and throws one of their phantasm balls at him and goes, boy, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, Dave Filoni is a big phantasm fan. Yeah. There were Jawas in phantasm. It's try. It's time to bring it all full circle. Yeah. I thought phantasm was like J.J. Abrams favorite movie. Hey, it's like one of his favorite movies. I know that that's a thing. So there's there is the the connection is there. Boy. But yes, we're talking about Thrawn. We should talk about Enoch and, yeah, then the ribbon troops. When Enoch, first of all, yeah, we see all the ribbon troops. You're like, what is going on? And then Enoch turns around with his gold face looking like one of the cops from THX 1138. And then he's like, Admiral Thrawn. They're the catacombs. Yeah, when he turned his head around and, and we saw his little gold face, like I literally like gasped and made like a really loud sound. <laughs> and I thought I was like people were gonna run into the room where I was watching and ask if I was okay. 
we forget too, like when Morgan flies her little ship with them to the planet, like it's a little gold, like they're in a gold spaceship flying to see the witches. And you're just like, there's gold and there's witches. I mean, Snoke liked the gold. Maybe that's why Snoke liked the gold. Cause it's like the deep space colors, red and gold. That's Snoke, red and gold. There was the, the idea too, that like the, the troopers are undead and stuff too. I don't know, maybe after Dreams of Madness, you know, they weren't like when they got hit with blasters and stuff, they weren't like deflating like Mr. Marvin, Mr. Microphone, the the dead, the in, undead inquisitor. Yeah, unless what are in all those crates? Maybe those crates are full of more dead stormtroopers that will come back to life or they're just they're full of gold bars and they're going to go get the cyclosed space. John Travolta is going to show up and, and look at all his gold, all Thrawn's gold bars. I don't know. Yeah, because they're making such a big deal about the catacombs. And like Thrawn is just like, I've got to get my stuff out of the catacombs and then I'll leave and I don't care. But like, yeah, they're like pulling up these like coffin shaped things from the catacombs. Are they night sisters? Are they like dead night sisters that the night sisters want to bring back? Are they dead stormtroopers? I mean, almost kind of. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, you might know. But Night Sisters make, might make more sense. But would Thrawn care about the Night Sisters? Or does Thrawn want to have like a Night Sister army or something? Or are they dead stormtroopers? Yeah, because it's like if it was Night Sister stuff, you'd think they would be in like like stone boxes or something. But they look like Empire sci-fi Star Wars crates. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Thrawn's been brewing wine. All this time, he's got a he's got a vineyard, and he's like going to bring all his wine back, and he's going to take over the galaxy with his wonderful, hearty red wine. I don't know, like that's why his eyes are all red because he's just been drinking his wine all the time. So let's talk about the other big thing that was in Far Far Away, just about killed us, the turtle people, the naughty, the naughty. Oh my god! Hold up. Yeah, little hermit crab turtle people that may actually be, I think they're puppets half the time. And they're wearing like little slacks and sweaters and have, yeah, gibberish voice. It's when they first got introduced. First of all, yeah, to Sabine is riding some rat dog horse, which... At first, you think he's going to be some evil rat dog horse, but turns into, like, everyone's best friend. It's a rat, bat, dog, wolf, horse. Just, first of all, you get Sabine riding through the, the, the planet on this rat, bat, wolf, dog, horse. And then, yes, the rat, bat, dog, horse finds the naughty person, and he's, like, wearing, a, like, a vest. And then they take him. To the I seriously, I almost blacked out. <laughs> Don't forget, uh, along with his you know fancy clothes, he's wearing like a homemade Rebel Alliance necklace that Ezra made for him. <sighs> and he's like pointing at yeah, Sabine's shoulder thing. Rebel Alliance. <laughs> seriously, I I was still I kind of can't believe it. There was all the wolf dog stuff and Sabine lightsaber fighting and blaster fighting guys from Willow and wearing like red. Hammerhead shark armor, like that would have been enough. It, it's like when the when the Nodi Nadi came out, I was like, I pledge allegiance to the show Ahsoka. 
on the Disney Plus streaming app. If it was all leading to this, every second was worth it. So amazing. Incredible. And then, like, okay, I'm like, this is great. I'm watching it. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. And then they go to, like, the little Naughty Naughty Village, and there's a baby. There's a baby in a hammock with, like, a mom, like, pushing the little baby in a hammock. And, and the baby... And the baby- crab turtle baby is is holding a little stuffed crab turtle baby doll this is layers and layers the decision had to be made to give the turtle people a little baby and show the little baby a lot dave filoni learned under george lucas and at one point We've said this many times. George Lucas probably took Dave Filoni aside, pulled him aside, took his cowboy hat off, threw it on the ground. It's like, you got to have the little babies. Yeah. Whatever you do, you got to put babies in it. George Lucas loves babies. That's the truth. I love, I love the little babies. You got it. Man. Seriously. I could talk forever about the little baby. The little turtle, little noty turtle baby. Yeah. Yeah, with giant eyes. The baby's eyes are like four times bigger than the grown-up's eyes. Like the Nodi. Of course I love the Nodi. Of course, we, yeah, we love the Nodi. Of course we do. It's little turtle people that live in like a little turtle village with like little pods with like little twisted antennas on their pods and stuff. And they're eating weird little foods. But there's there's the little baby. That's what did me. Yeah, and, the, and really the show could have ended right there. That's it. It's done. The next two, The next two episodes are just credits. They could have just never shown Ahsoka getting back to this planet. Sabine and Ezra could be like talking in the background and the camera just zooms in on the little baby and just holds on the little baby. And suddenly the rest of the show is just about what the baby's doing. They could have showed the baby and then a title card came up that said Star Wars is done. It's We're not making any more. This is it. Goodbye. And we've been like, all right, that's, hey. If you're gonna go out, let's go out like this on the on the crab turtle baby. Your Disney Plus app disappears from your TV. What? Dreams and madness. All your figures, everything disappears. The T-shirt you're wearing vanishes off your body. What? Yeah. You just wake up naked on the on the carpet. What? What? What happened? <laughs> we can talk about this baby forever. We got to hurry up. Let's talk about Ezra, the miracle of Ezra. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's incredible. And it's incredible thinking back to like in the middle seasons of Rebels when there were like weeks where you're like, man, I don't know about Ezra. (laughs) No, go back. We've said before, go back to our old episodes. There were times where I think I was just like, I don't like Ezra. And here we are. Oh, my God. Ezra's amazing. He's back. He's got a beard. Iman Esfandi, maybe I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Please forgive me. But he is incredible. He is the actor born to play Ezra in live action. He sounds like Ezra somehow. It's so great. And when he has that little moment in Far, Far Away with Sabine, you're just like, yeah, that's Ezra. Yeah, because that's the thing, too. Either of them on their own is like, that looks like Sabine. Oh, and there's Ezra. And then you put them next to each other, and you're like, man, I'm watching Rebels. And that's kind of like the crazy thing with this show. It's just, it's all Star Wars. Animated, live action, it's all Star Wars. And 
it's a this show is kind of like a weird miracle. It's the land of dreams and madness. That's what Balin says in this episode. Well, and that's a good transition because we talked about the Night Sister Witches. We talked about the space rat, dog, wolf, bat. Let's talk about Balin and Shin. This episode, far, far away that we're talking about, this is when Balin starts to get kind of weird. Where Balin is like looking off at the sky and he's looking all around the whole time. And he's like, don't you hear it? Something calls to me. And Shin is just like, seriously, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody knows what Balin is talking about. He's he's a bring an end to the cycle. Again, you're watching this. Maybe you know what happens, but like Balin has been such a fascinating character from the beginning of this show. But like he's just getting more and more weird and fascinating in this last third act of the show. Well, in, in uh, yeah, in Far Far Away too, he has the where they're talking about the the Boken Jedi, the Jedi that came up after the temple was destroyed and Shin saying like me. And he's like, no, you know, I trained you to be something more. So it's like, Oh, okay. So what, what is this? But then, you know, just so a little bit after that, he's like, he's out of here. (laughs) It's like, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. In dreams and madness, he's like, ah, go ahead. You know, go face Ezra and Sabine and take your place in this new empire. I'm not going to go with you. I got to do something else. And then after he fights Ahsoka in Dreams and Madness and Ahsoka takes off on a rat bat horse, he just kind of ghosts. He like, it's almost like he hears something. Like something is calling to him on this planet. Here's where my mind is going. And I'm probably totally wrong. I think that wherever this is all leading has something to do with a lot of the stories going forward. I think it's going to have something to do with whatever James Mangold is planning with his first Jedi, first Sith movie. It'll definitely have something to do with the Filoni movie. And maybe it could even be related to something with the return of Rey with whatever Ray is facing, like there's something very old and weird happening on this planet. And maybe this is what Balin is sensing. Yeah. Cause I mean, right from the beginning of the show, it was like, he wanted to go to that galaxy, not to get Thrawn back. That just happened to be like, that was like his ticket to get there. Cause like, Oh, someone else wants to go there and get Thrawn. Okay. Well I'll help them because I just need to get there. And right, what is it? Is it the power the witches have? Is it are the wills there? Is it going to be the little the little will spirits from Clone Wars? Is it going to be like Mortis, just crazy stuff? Is it like I don't know? Is there a hole in the ground and he's going to be in like the inside the planet where King Kong lives and he's going to hang out with King Kong? I don't know. Well, you think of around this time too. This is you know Luke went searching for the first Jedi Temple. Maybe Balin is like. Okay, that's fine. You're going to go to to Achu, the island of Chu. Like, there's something else further out there. I don't know. It's really weird. It's something. It's building up to something. It's just, it's so crazy that Ray Stevenson is no longer with us because he, he seems absolutely essential. And whatever he's going to discover, if are we going to see it in, you know, in one episode left? Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any way that his story is resolved next week. So 
yeah, what's, what's that going to mean for whatever comes after this? But yeah, that was kind of where things wrapped up with Far, Far Away, Dreams and Madness. I was shocked to open up on Coruscant. And I've, I've had it with Kaz's dad. I have had it with Kaz's dad. I don't ever want to see that guy ever again. Yeah, he's a big jerk. I, I wrote down it was a court full of crazies because, yeah, you got Kaz, the super jerk. You got Mon Mothma, who, I don't know, I I love the fact that Genevieve plays Mon Mothma way back before the Empire in Andor and then now way after the Empire and Ahsoka, and I love that she's like so serious in Andor, and then in Ahsoka, she's just like having fun with it, and it's just like it's the same character. But it, I, I think it's cool that it's the same character, but it's like the character in the style of the show, even though it's the same actor. I don't know. It's just it's kind of neat that not only are we getting like different different interpretations of what star Wars is. We're like getting the same character in kind of different ways, which I mean, we kind of did with like when we got saw Guerrero, like super serious in rogue one. And then we got like the rebels version of him or Lando, like trying to sell empty boxes and rebels. Like it's, you know, and it was Billy D's voice. Like we get all these different versions of the characters and it's kind of cool getting that in live action with these different shows. Well, and I'm really glad Mon Mothma was back in this episode. It's still kind of the the sad thing of the New Republic version of Mon Mothma. Like we said in our previous Ahsoka episodes, that the Mon Mothma that we see in Andor, especially in the last the last time we see Mon Mothma in Andor, and she's beginning to sever ties with her family. Because this is what she knows she has to do if she is going to go full force with what is going to become the Rebel Alliance. And then to see her so kind of tied up in the bureaucracy of running a galaxy-wide government and people like Kaz's idiot dad, you know, that she kind of has to bend to when years before that she was out there like sneaking around with Luth and Rail and stuff and then to have an idiot like Kaz's dad holding her back. But then it was great kind of seeing C-3PO so crazy, come in, sending a message from General Leia Organa. <laughs> I just love C-3PO coming in and Mon Mothma being like, 3PO! And, I don't, it's, and Mon Mothma having her moment there with Hera at the end, kind of like, okay, real talk. How? What should we do with this Thrawn stuff? It's just, we love Mon Mothma, but let's talk about C-3PO. Somebody had some crisp, clean $100 bills on set. They said, Anthony Daniels, can you come to the set? And when he got to the set, it was the 3PO costume, but it was stuffed with cash. <laughs> and they're like, the only way to get that cash out is for you to get inside. I was literally shocked. That was like the most shocking moment in that episode. Because for whatever reason, it just it never even crossed my mind that we would see 3PO in any of these shows. And then, yeah, oh, there's 3PO. But then it was like, yeah, why not? They can't show Leia. 3PO's just hanging out with Leia. And it's C three. It's it's C three PO. It's like he is. He's a major character. He's C three PO. And it was kind of. It's there's something about seeing C three PO and R two D two. Like whenever you see them, there's something that's just like ah. Oh. But that's where I got a little sad because it made it reminded me that after Return of the Jedi, that that R two D two and three PO don't get to hang out very much anymore. And it m- makes me hope for when we get. 
post Rise of Skywalker movies, if we get a new Ray movie, that maybe we get more R2 and 3PO, even if they're not part of the movie, just to see that they're hanging out still. And we got to talk about, too, at the end of the incredible C3PO scene, Hera says to C3PO, Thanks, 3PO. Hold up. Thanks, 3PO. Thanks, 3PO. Uh, they could have called the episode Thanks, 3PO. <laughs> Maybe they should have, but I guess it would have gave away the surprise. But yeah, right? Like, who would have thought? The, de- the deepest deep cut. <laughs> Thanks, 3PO. <laughs> There's like a hammerhead person sitting in there, but sitting at the high table with jerkface Kaz dad. That's Admiral Akbar, right? I think that's supposed to be Admiral Akbar. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's got to be Admiral Akbar. It's Mothma and a Sullustin 9 Nub alien with a fuzzy mustache. I think I may have been legally dead after he showed up, but 3PO coming in kicked my heart back and brought me back to life. It's like Motley Crue kickstart my heart. Vince Neil came running through your house. Cause yeah. Cause the Sullivan with the mustache put me in my grave. I I thought I was seeing things. I was like, there's no way there's no way that's a Celestian with a mustache. And then <laughs> when I watched it the second time, I was like, yeah, he's got a mustache. Cause the other thing too, he's not wearing a hat. Like we always see them with the hats on. It's shocking. Right? It was shocking enough to see his bare head. And then, yeah, the fuzziest. And it's like mustache mutton chops. Like, it goes all the way up to his ears. And I like jerkface Kazdad is talking about, like, what? Jedi? Not Jedi? Space whales? How am I supposed to believe all this? And he's sitting next to a Mon Calamari guy. And just down the table, there's a nine numb dude with bald head and a mustache. (sighs) Yeah, this is crazy stuff. It is the crazy stuff. And this was just like, this was the before the credits part just to warm you up. And then like right after that, yeah, there's Ahsoka practicing and walking right into the frame is you see a hologram of Anakin's glove. And it's like, oh God, like we just had C-3PO. And then there's Clone Wars Anakin once again in hologram form, giving her like a lesson and he name dropping General Grievous, Asajj Ventress and Count Dooku. That's that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Like you can't just show up, give the hologram of the glove, and just name dropping Count Dooku. Wow, Anakin Skywalker can. <laughs> not not everybody can, but he can. Yeah, you got to think when when he was on set, Dave Filoni probably had him record hours and hours of hologram footage just for his own private collection. Just, just say Count Dooku again. Even Count Dooku. Read this pizza restaurant menu. Read the list of all the toppings as Anakin in a hologram. (laughs) Banana pepper, green pepper, pepperoni, old world pepperoni. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't, again, I kind of blacked out. And the second time I watched it, I was just like, oh my God. Now I want to see live action Asajj Ventress. I want to see live action... Grievous based on animated Grievous based on live action Grievous based on animated Grievous. <laughs> That's what I want to see. He, he should have kept going like you could even run into General Trench. He's a spider, but he's a person. He's a spider person. So, you know, there's been enough crazy stuff I haven't thought about him in a while. So you're killing me because now, yeah, why won't he show up? He's probably Thrawn's best friend. 
I'm going to call upon my friend, the Spider-Man, General Trench. <laughs> Admiral Trench. He got promoted. Admiral Trench. Sorry. Yeah, Admiral <laughs> Trench. With little twitching mandibles. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they knew Anakin hologram was going to kill everybody, so they basically had to go to the next scene where the whale's mouth opens and they're just flying into explosions. And there's just space whales running from exploding mines and... And then what an asteroid chase, but they're not asteroids, they're whale bones. At some point, there's like giant space shrimp flying around. Meanwhile, Thrawn learns that Ahsoka's master was Anakin Skywalker, and a little blue bead of sweat goes down his face. Oh, oh no. The organ music gets really intense. Oh, oh. And just when you're coming from that, there's Ezra. And Sabine riding in the, the little, the naughty people bean pods with the antennas. And the baby is waving at Sabine. And then ba- yeah, Balin splits. His path lies elsewhere. And his, his final message to Shin, impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. Okay. Hey, that was that was uh, Obi-Wan's lesson in, in uh, Obi-Wan, so... Anakin was too just wanted to win all the time, and that's how why he would lose. And then crazy turtle people, Ezra Sabine action. There's wolf, bat, dog, horse guys riding around, and then they have to do like a wagon train thing and and turn into and roll into a ball. Imperial dropships right out of Rebels show up, and stormtroopers come out. And oh, even before that, what Ezra's doing the force kung fu, he doesn't need a lightsaber anymore. You keep it, Sabine. I'm just gonna do force kung fu. So cool, so neat. Well, when he does the lightsaber block, and they actually have Shin's lightsaber like ripple because he's like pushing it with the force, it's like, man, of course, and of course, he doesn't need the lightsaber. It's been like 10 years or something, right? And he's just been doing Jedi stuff without a lightsaber. I don't know. It's just so neat. I love it. But he's still Ezra so that he gets confused and then Shin throws him into the side of a truck. Because that was like, is is Ezra going to be, it's like, is Ezra, a, is Ezra a god now? And it's like, no, he's still Ezra. <laughs> and then I love, yeah, Ahsoka sliding down the ship with Hugh Yang and rolling in. And then I love the, the Ahsoka Balin lightsaber battle in this versus the Ahsoka Balin lightsaber battle in Fallen Jedi in part four, just this transformation of, you know, Ahsoka into Ahsoka the white. And here's something I was thinking about now, after the whole thing with Anakin would is you know Ahsoka famously always said like I am no Jedi I don't want to be a Jedi blah blah blah. Would Ahsoka now say I am a Jedi? Because when she is battling with Balin, and even like wait later when she's like with Shin and she's like I can help you, I'm like man that is also Jedi. Yeah, I don't know, and I think that's the that's kind of whether or not it's this season or if there's another season maybe where the show's going because that's kind of the thing with Balin like Balin's not a Jedi, but he, I mean, he's a lot like Ahsoka where he like, he likes the idea of the Jedi, but he doesn't like the, the reality of it. I think he says something like that. And I feel like that's probably the same thing with Ahsoka where like she believes in the idea, but she was there for the, the reality of it, which wasn't the ideal. So I don't know. And then with Shin, like Balin trying to train an apprentice, that's something 
something new, something more, which is kind of what we thought we would get in the sequel trilogy. Like is the Jedi from the prequels, what needs to come back? So I still don't know. Well, and I, I think, yeah, it's like what Balin said, or maybe it's more like the Jedi we're going to see in the Acolyte, the Jedi before the era of the prequels, like, you know, the old Republic, the High Republic Jedi, where the Jedi were maybe more living like a Jedi, true Jedi life. Maybe that's what Balin's talking about, like the idea of them. Maybe, you know, the Qui-Gon way is what Balin is kind of thinking about. Yeah, because that's always kind of the thing where he was a Jedi, but he didn't do what the Jedi told him to do. He was kind of, he did his own thing. So yeah, that's maybe more the vein of Ahsoka. Like if, if following the will of the force is a Jedi, then she's a Jedi. The true definition of the Jedi. But you know, she has an apprentice that potentially can't do anything with the force. So, you know, that's very not traditional Jedi, whether she, you know, so she is kind of evolving to something else. But that's more of a, a broad view of the horse and not following the old ways. I don't. I, I I like thinking about this stuff. I like that the show makes me think about this stuff. And then yeah, what with the gangs all back together and Thrawn wants to get his crates of wine out of there, and he's like, "Time's on my side." He starts singing his favorite Rolling Stone song. Uh, that's probably the title of next week's episode. It's going to start out with Mick Jagger times. It's on my side. But the name of the episode will be Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> it won't make any sense until the end. And then it'll all, oh, that's why. One of my favorite little details at the end of this episode, too, where when Ezra is like, you know, I think I may be going home after all. When he says it, he's holding hands with his little turtle friend (laughs) and during like the whole stagecoach battle the turtle buddy is in the back of one of their little things with the rat dog bat horse thing yes yes it's inside it with him yeah i know it's so good yes and next week is the big finale family you is back big rick Mm -hmm. bringing the big guns in (sighs) no idea what to expect well, and that was, yeah, I guess real quick on the way out too is, yeah, we didn't mention yet. Both of these episodes were new first time Star Wars show directors and they both did wonderful jobs. Part six, Far, Far Away, Jennifer Getzinger. Part seven, directed by Gita Vasant Patel. Both great episodes. I bought both of them. Far, Far Away was a lot to digest. It kind of made me... F- Remind me of Battle for Endor at times. It was like, we're going in new crazy directions. Yeah. They flow together amazingly. Yeah. I love this show. I lo- that, and that's the bottom line. I love this show. Surprise, surprise, Lando in disguise. There's a new Star Wars show on TV, and guess what? I like it. <laughs> it's got aliens with mustaches and creature babies. Everything else is just bonus they rid of babies and the weird stormtrooper guys in gold face masks. Yeah. Ridiculous Dracula Thrawn. So whatever happens in the final episode, part eight, we're going to be talking about it. When's it going to come out? Who knows? Listen, we don't know. Maybe it'll come out like a regular episode. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But we're going to be talking about it. And yeah, hope everyone has been enjoying these Ahsoka episodes. Did you listen to all of them straight through? Maybe. Did you? I don't know. 
You can listen to them in order. You can listen to them backwards order. You can listen to them out of order. You can literally play the episodes in reverse. See how that goes. You could play them all at the same time. Maybe that's the way we intended it. That's the way you should be listening to it. But if you're listening to this, the strikes ended. Hallelujah, the strikes ended. So congratulations to everyone on getting the deal they deserve because this show is proof that the writers and the actors should be getting a lot and more than they were because this is the kind of quality that we're getting. We don't need this kind of quality. We, we, I'd be happy with just, like we say all the time, just like a still frame on the screen that just said the word Star Wars for an hour. And I'd be like, that was a cool show. That's what I like to see. It's my kind of stuff. But guess what, folks? Apple Podcast Reviews, Spotify Reviews, go leave one when you get done listening to this. Tell us that you liked these Ahsoka episodes. We'd love to hear from you and some more people can find the show. And check out our website, lastpointspodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and if you're on Facebook, be in our super chill group. And you know we got the Patreon, bonus stuff, lots of stuff on there. More stuff will be coming in the future. But yeah, that wraps up six and seven here. Thank you all so much for checking out all these Ahsoka episodes. Yeah, thanks everybody. Bye bye. Bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.